Christchurch, New Malden, 19th of April 2020. Katie Lofman speaking on Finding Peace in a Time of Anxiety. Have you ever noticed how much the Bible has to say about peace? So much so that one of Jesus' titles is Prince of Peace. When angels appear, the first thing they always say is, Don't be afraid. And lots of passages in the Bible talk about the peace of God in our hearts. But what can we make of that now? We're living in a difficult time at the moment. Society is reduced to its bare essentials and most of the population is shut in at home. Outside we hear reports of illness and death from this scary disease. How can we find God's peace in these anxious times? Many people are even asking, where is God at a time like this? Well, when we look at the Bible, we don't have to look far to see that most of the Bible was written during difficult times. The Old Testament is full of accounts of war and oppression, plagues and famines. The New Testament is written against a backdrop of anti-Christian persecution and death threats. Even the Saviour we follow had his defining moment in a crucifixion. If Christianity has nothing to say to us in adversity, then it's not saying anything at all. In fact, it's almost more surprising that the Bible can speak to us in times of happiness. What shines through the Bible constantly against that troubled backdrop is God's love for his people and his presence right there with them in the middle of whatever they're going through. And it's because of this that we can find peace, regardless of what's going on around us. And that peace is an aspect of God's redemption, because it transforms a situation from a time of fear and despair to a time of trust and hope in God. Our situation is redeemed by God's peace in our hearts. Because that is a key message of the Bible. However awful things are, they will be redeemed by God and transformed into something beautiful. If you think of the most awful thing imaginable, the Son of God being put to death, even that was transformed into something glorious, his resurrection and new life for the whole world. In the reading from Philippians that Nathan read, Paul describes peace as being something that transcends understanding. We can't understand it. When you see someone remaining calm while everything around them suggests that they should be panicking, that's hard to understand. Like Jesus sleeping in a boat through a storm. Rudyard Kipling talks about the man who can keep your head when all around you are losing theirs. And yet when it's from God, that peace is real and it's powerful. So what's the secret of that tranquility? How can we find a sense of peace at an anxious time like this? I know that a lot of people are feeling very down about what's happening in the world with the coronavirus. I'm sure we all know people, or maybe you're one of them, who are finding the situation so stressful that they're full of anxiety. Some are shut in at home by themselves. Some are cooped up with family and driving each other crazy. Maybe you're facing a drop in income or losing your job. 
Or perhaps you're the opposite, working all hours for the NHS or supplying groceries or keeping our utilities running. And of course, we think of all those who are bereaved or worried about the health of their loved ones or themselves. All this is clearly stressful and it's easy to understand those feelings of worry and fear. And yet what's harder to understand is God's peace that transcends all that. In a way that's impossible to understand, we can feel a sense of peace against all reason and evidence. It's nuts. Yes, God's peace is nuts. But it's true. If we want to find this peace for ourselves, let's turn to our second reading, Philippians chapter 3. Paul gives some quite clear instructions there on how to find peace. The first thing he says in verse 4 is to rejoice. The Bible commands us to rejoice in what we know of God at all times. Regardless of what we're going through, we can remind ourselves of God's blessings. Remembering God's faithfulness in the past is something the Bible often repeats, and if we do it too, it will help us to rejoice. We can look back over our own life and remind ourselves of the blessings God's given us over the years, the way he's provided for us, the times he's healed us when we were ill, the love he's shown us through other people, the people he's given us to love. And in the evening, we can look back over the day and thank God for the blessings he's given us today. It says in Lamentations chapter 3 verse 22 that the Lord's compassions never fail. They are new every morning and it's good for us to look out for them throughout the day and remember them in the evening. Blessings like the signs of spring outside for this service and our fellowship with the other people listening to it. Maybe you were blessed with a particularly good cup of tea today. And I pray that you will feel the blessing of God's peace in your heart today. Paul is emphatic that we rejoice in all circumstances. And what better way to start that off than by remembering the ways that God has blessed us. Paul also says, the Lord is near. And this is actually key to the whole thing. It's because God is with us that we can have peace. People do ask, where is God in all of this? But we only have to look at the life of Jesus to see the answer to that question. God is right there with those who are suffering. He's in every hospital bed, suffering alongside those who are ill. He's in the skilled and caring hands that are nursing the sick. He's crying with everyone who's bereaved, just as he cried with Mary and Martha, when his friend Lazarus died. And if we get ill, God will be in that darkness with us, giving us his peace, administering his gentle healing, offering us his hope for a better future, giving us a sense of perspective. This will pass. God doesn't shy away from suffering. He suffers alongside us. The Lord is near. And the very next thing that Paul says is in verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
This suggests that we can turn every worry into a prayer. Instead of letting it go round and round in our head, spiralling into stress and anxiety, we can divert that spiral and direct that worry to God, the Lord who's already near, the God who's already blessed us in so many ways. God is happy to hear our worries. It says in 1 Peter 5 verse 7 that we can cast all our anxiety onto him because he cares for us. We can give him our worries and let him take care of them because he loves us. When we give our worries to God and turn them into prayers and requests, then we're freed from the grip that they have on us. They lose their power. Instead of those negative thoughts going round and round, Paul says we will find peace. And that peace will guard our heart and keep our mind safe in that experience of God's love. Peace shows itself in knowing God and loving God. When our minds are at peace, we can focus on God. When we're panicking, it pushes out what we know of God. When we're panicking, we can't love him properly because our panic says that we don't really trust him enough. But when we turn our worries into prayers and rejoice in our blessings, then our mind becomes calm and we can focus on God. And when we're focused on God, even the big things take on a new perspective. This is not all there is. This is just one part of eternity. Nothing that happens now can shake God's love for us or his plan to redeem the world. He is in control. A lot of people are worrying about their mental health during lockdown, their own and other people's, and Paul can help us deal with this too. In the next paragraph, Philippians 4 verse 8, Paul gives us some very good advice for keeping us in a positive state of mind. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's an old Celtic blessing that's used on the island of Iona. It goes, deep peace of the running wave to you, deep peace of the flowing air to you, deep peace of the quiet earth to you, deep peace of the shining stars to you, deep peace of the sun of peace to you. And I think this encapsulates some of what Paul was getting at. One way of finding peace is by focusing on nature. It's been medically proved too, even just looking at pictures of nature can help someone who's depressed. When we think about such lovely things, as Paul tells us to, we're letting God's peace reach us through the beauty of nature. When things are looking bad all around us, it can be overwhelming, and we could start to think that nothing can be done to help. But that's rarely the case, and it's not true now. There are all sorts of ways that people are working and volunteering to help each other. It's incredible, and it's something to thank God for. Whatever is admirable, think about such things. Checking on our neighbours, sewing sets of scrubs for nurses and doctors, shopping and delivering food to vulnerable people, or just keeping each other's spirits up by sharing funny videos. 
We're helping when we protect ourselves and other people by social distancing. Even by making a phone call to a friend or organising an online quiz, we're maintaining connections, and that's important. All of these things bring light into the darkness, and they make the world better for someone. What we do becomes a small act of redemption. It redeems a tiny part of the situation, and it brings hope. Knowing that we've done something to help, however small it was, can give us peace, because we know that we've been part of that redemption. And our actions and that sense of peace we have will be a witness. There'll be a beacon of hope to those around us who see something in us that they can't understand, a peace that doesn't make sense. And finally, we can take advice from the Book of Lamentations and from Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. Both of those books say that the way to find peace is to focus on God, to tear our eyes away from the news reports and the social media catastrophizing, to rise above all that and focus on God and his eternal plan, on his faithfulness, his daily compassion for us and his power, because he's right next to us and he knows us intimately. Yet he's ultimately in control and he's working in the world to heal it and to redeem it. Seeing the world from this perspective will guard our heart and our mind because it brings a deep peace, a peace that puts our anxieties into perspective, a peace that goes beyond anything that we can understand. <laughs>